You're listening to the Let's Talk More podcast hosted by me, Sinclair Vaughn, where we discuss topics people don't go deeper into. Join me every week and let's talk more. Y'all gonna hate me this this episode. Y'all gonna hate me this episode, but you know what? It's all good. So come on, sit down. grab your coffee I had to clear my throat grab a wine some type of beverage that's strong sit back and tune everything out and just listen to today's episode let's talk more about black men and black women and accountability okay so Today's topic, we got a lot going on in today's topic, but this first segment is current events. And in the current events, we are discussing a black woman who um, apparently she is a therapist and she took to her TikTok to address the, you know, black men not um taking accountability for the things that come out their mouth and encouraging them to seek therapy so she got terminated from her job because she used her platform tiktok informing men to seek therapy especially black men and a black woman took to the interwebs and wrote an article calling her out and allegedly she was terminated now i'm saying allegedly because i don't really know the scope of her term her termination but i felt like i wanted to come and um, talk more about therapy and why <clears throat> no matter what we all need it at some point and i'll tell you why i'm an i am a big advocate for therapy I am tremendously out there and know that therapy is a process that leads to unpacking some traumatic stuff. There's different forms of therapy. Um, There is different types of therapists. You might have to go through a couple of them in order for you to get to the right therapist you need. Um, And when it comes to the black community, I think that, let me say this, the internet exposes a lot of trauma in the black community that has been hidden for generations to come. You remember when you was younger, your mama used to say, whatever goes on in this house, let it stay in this house. This is the reason why we have women, black women, now as they become adults and they start to form relationship connections and bonds with people, they're realizing how traumatic it was because they were afraid to talk about sexual abuse. They were afraid to talk about um, verbal abuse in the house or you know um physical abuse of any form whether it's sexual or just your parents just you know punching you and using you as a punching bag there are different forms and different types of abuse that we have out there but when you own up to your um 
when you but when you look in the mirror this is how i put i'll phrase it when you look in the mirror and you start to ask yourself who am i what am i where am i how am i and why am i you then start to realize that you've unlocked what a lot of people haven't unlocked yet because you're holding yourself accountable for who you are as a whole and i think a majority of us can relate to that because women we seek this intimate connection with everyone that comes into our lives whether it's for a long time or just a seasonal thing women are more emotionally tied men are more um you know there it's just it's not emotional for men we're the emotional creatures on this planet and so as a woman we are easily quick to say you know my life is fucked up my life is going through something and so because my life is going through something i need to seek help now some of us don't want to seek therapy because we've been told for generations and generations that as a black person that shit ain't for us it's for the white folks but i'm gonna tell you that's a motherfucking lie we need therapy a lot more here's the thing that i always differentiate between the white therapy and the black therapy is that motherfuckers get drugs us we don't really get drugs we get um well they'll try to dip into our childhood um and here's the thing too another thing that i realized that when it comes to therapy seeking therapy as a black person is we don't even know that we have an issue first in order to seek therapy because it looks so normal to us that we don't know that it's trauma i recently read the sex lives of african women it is a tremendous read um it is a book that is tailored towards women of different diaspora from africa to caribbean to america and each story shows a way of how women um own their sexuality even between sex work or you know becoming intimate for the first time with a, a man or same-sex relationships or knowing they like identifying their sexuality and their sex positivity and this book really opened my eyes to something that is so normal when you speak to a group of black women about their childhood through adulthood and their experiences with men and I, it dawned on me that we all have had some form of physical abuse by a black man in our sexual, um, oh, how do I put, how, what's the word I'm looking for? Our sexual journey. I didn't want to use journey, but our sexual journey. When we become sexual, sometimes we are in a position where we are forced into sexuality or forced into sex before we're ready to be forced into sex with a partner a lot of these women in this book talked about their initial first start with sex it started in the home they were being abused by a family member they were being abused by this neighbor i remember um i think it's james baldwin who wrote a book 
I don't remember the name of the book, but I read the book many, many years ago when I was a young girl. And um, I don't know if it was James Baldwin. Let me not name the names. But it was an African-American book. And her mom, oh, I know, it was not James Baldwin because there was a part two. Her mom was heavily in the church. And she was like, back in the days, they used to do boarding homes. And she... Um, invited a man into her house to help pay rent, do some things around the house and whatnot. And he was actually physically abusing her daughter. And her daughter was not considered the pretty girl because she was very dark skinned. She was nappy headed, you know, the natural hair, whatever. And she had no idea or maybe she did because in my belief, I always feel like as a parent and I think you don't know it until you become a parent. This is my opinion you realize that your parents knew the abuse was happening but because of that saying oh whatever goes on in my house let it stay here some women can't help their daughters overcome the abuse because they too went through the abuse and something i brought up to my therapist a while back when i was saying to her that um i forgive my mother like my mother and I, we had this relationship where, you know, it wasn't that bond, mother-daughter bond very strong. It got better as we got older, like I got older and whatnot, because I had to forgive my mother because I felt like my mother is human just like me. And if I've been through stuff, I know my mother has suffered her own losses, her own trauma. As a Caribbean woman, we don't talk about shit. We don't escalate about it. We don't, you know, we don't um, open up more about it. There's no let's talk more about what we've been through because it's very hard to sit and be vulnerable when you tell someone that you've been through any kind of trauma. So I had to forgive my mom and realize like, you know, I need to move on because I'm in the process of healing myself. I'm not responsible for healing my mother. I am the self. And so I am responsible for healing me. So at this given moment, I need to seek some kind of um, closure within myself that it's okay if me and my mom never have the conversation that I think we needed to have because she has to deal with her own trauma. I got to deal with mine. And so as I went through therapy and unpacked that, because there's a thing, like you could be going through so much and you don't even realize that you're going through it because you don't know, you don't recognize it, you know? So you're going through day to day. Okay, this is normal. Especially if you, you've heard that saying, the strong friend or the... Um, that woman who is like she's she doesn't have any issues she's always there to support her friends like she doesn't have issues but that the reality is she has numbed herself to what is going on so to this lady therapist who's saying to a black man i wish you would both you would all seek therapy and you know, get the help that you need, be able to unpack some of your own childhood traumas, because one of the biggest traumas that I think boys face, face in their lives, especially black boys, that I promised myself that I would never let my son do, is the ability to not show emotion. And I told my son from a very young age, if you are hurting, 
and you feel to need to cry because the cry will make it better for you at that present moment, go ahead and cry. Me as a woman know how healing a tear is because what tears do is release that pressure that we've been built up over the struggle we were going through. So I told my son, there's nothing wrong with you showing the emotion of, hey, mama, I'm hurt. And I think that's why me and my son has that great relationship now more so than ever because with me telling him how to open up and be you know be able to share his his hurts be able to speak to his mom knowing that i'm not judging him i'm not coming down and ridiculing him because i meant that shit i meant it from the core that if my son came to me to tell me oh mama i'm hurt this is what i'm going through that i would sit and be present to hear his hurts because i know what it feels like to be hurting inside and not have anyone to talk to or share and yes men are going to be afraid to go to therapy black men of course are afraid to go and share their traumas do you know that a lot of our black men have been sexually molested and they will not talk about it because it does it emasculates them mentally versus going to a therapist and unpacking it so they could understand that it wasn't on them that this happened to them it was the sick individual that put them in this position and i always said that you know i want to root for the black man and I want to root, but I cannot subscribe to the black love when a black man is dogging out black women just because they have a voice. You know, I'm all for independence. I'm all for like, you know, the riveting shit. Like, I want you to understand that when I say let's talk more about it, I'm not trying to sugarcoat what the subject is. It's the reality that when you go out there, black men are constantly fucking dogging out black women. She don't look good. Her hair too motherfucking nappy. Oh, she wear weaves all the time. Motherfucker, we don't wear it for you. 90% of the shit we put on is for another bitch to look at us and be like, girl, you look good as fuck. That is how we do it. It ain't got shit about we trying to look this way for a certain man. 90% of the BBLs is because we want another bitch to be like, girl, where you get your body done? Girl, we get that hair from? Because we know that's the core audience that we're looking for. Yeah, we get the attention from men. But if I were to survey a hundred black women and ask all of them, how their experiences are with black men i am quite sure a majority of them will tell you the same story it's just a different character but it's the same story how they you know you hear black women talk about oh i want to be in love with a black man i need to find a black man i am like on youtube watching all these different podcasts and all these different people talking and the comments the women in the comments are like, yeah, you know, um, dating outside your race. Even Jesse Wu. Jesse Wu is from um, online. You know, she's an online personality. And she's an actress now. She's been on Love and Hip Hop. I think I mentioned her before in the Issa Rae um, episode. But Jesse Wu actually did a story time on her um, YouTube channel. And this story time was about 
she almost thought she was getting um, Tinder Swindler. Now, if you've never watched ten Tinder, uh, the Tinder Swindler on Netflix, you have got to watch it. I am assuming it's still on Netflix. But Jesse was saying that she met this man. He was of the church in that community, black man, you know, because she was like saying how um, she was dating Kyle. Kyle was a white man, and she just couldn't get down with the the pink peen as she call it like she wants black dick and i get it y'all want black dick but it's, it's to me i think the superficialness that's why i feel like all oh, y'all motherfuckers need therapy because some of the shit that you be hearing people say like oh i don't want him because his dick is white or it's pink they got some black men that are biracial or like light skin and they 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 can ain't black it's 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 light it got veins in it let me tell you the dick look the same no matter what color it is you might got some long ones some big ones you might got some small ones some skinny ones like look the dick the the formality the formation of the dick is the same motherfucking shit so anywho she was saying how she met this dude you know um he was flashy he had on the Audemars watch and the Cartier bracelet and he was living in this apartment in LA for that was worth like $6,000 and he was talking about how he got all these businesses and he got this and he got that and her um, she was like, oh, so he's a cat. She looks good on paper. Let me tell you, people look good on paper, but if they ain't got shit, they a Donald Trump. Simple as that. They a Donald Trump. Because that motherfucker look good on paper, but Donald Trump don't got no cash flow. You hear me? He broke it in a broke motherfucker. Like a crackhead. So, you know... She's telling the story. She was like, you know, they um, went out. She went out to L.A. She stayed with him. Nothing happened sexually between them. He came out to Atlanta. He saw her. You know, they hung out. She said, and then, like, the premiere for her, the rap shit was happening. And she had some other things going on out there in L.A. And she told him, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. for a week. Why don't I um, stay with you? You know, whatever. And he's like, sure, no problem. And she was like, you know, her aunt always used to tell her, Jesse, to know a man, you need to live with a man. And I subscribe to that Haitian mentality, boo, because it's the truth. I am that modern day woman, even though I was born in the late 70s, I am that modern day woman that I got to try it first before I buy into it. And so when it comes to living with a man or even with a partner i never had any issues with that i made those decisions soundly like okay i want to see what it's like to coexist with another person that isn't a family member like by blood or anything like that or having a roommate but someone that i share my entire world with and so she was like okay cool she went out there she was like when he was in atlanta he was doing things buying doing this when she had came out to la the first time you know they were going out to dinner they were doing all kinds of stuff now this time now she said she was out there for like eight days she said in the back of her mind she knew that something wasn't right with him but she couldn't put her finger on it and so she went out there and they're there and she's like you know she noticed he wasn't going to work he's not checking emails he's not on his phone like being busy she you know she's going out and doing her thing and she was like she realized he wasn't eating and she was like why is he not eating but if he eat it's because she's like oh well i'm about to get some dinner and you know she's she said she bought dinner because i agree with jesse on that food for me i don't give a fuck when it comes to food, I will feed you. I think that's what I got from my mama. My mama would feed the shit out of you. You 
hear me? My mom would pack seven barrels and send that shit back to our country. And she would um, parcel out something for everybody in the neighborhood and give it away to them. Because she know how hard it is that they can't afford certain things. You know, you, pancake mix is a little expensive in my country. So, you know, $2 pancake mix at Kroger ain't nothing but a chin. And so... You can afford to give somebody something to eat. That's the one thing I've always loved about myself as a nurturer is I, I don't look at food. I'll feed you. I don't really give a fuck. But when it comes to asking me for money, pump your motherfucking brakes. Mm -mm, don't clock this pocket. We don't do that. So she was like, okay, what's going on with him? So she said a couple days later, he said how he got to go out to do this premiere and style this person in, in Canada. And apparently she knew about the premiere of wherever he was going, but he didn't know that she knew it was in a totally different city, um, not in no damn Canada. So he left, packed his shit, left and act like she said she assumed he act like he was leaving he claimed that he was in Canada he got to Canada the people didn't pick him up they not answering the phone and she's like well why don't you call the girl's parents or her family because you know them so well and whatnot she said her biggest mistake was she didn't FaceTime him to actually see where he was at she said that was her biggest mistake but then she called her friend who knew him they met him around the same time and her friend was like yeah, something about him ain't, something's not right. She said she and him had an argument because she was telling him, he was like, oh, you know, he's struggling, all this stuff financially. And she went back to Atlanta. He was back in L.A. And she was like, you know, he called and he was like, oh, um, I'm, I'm going through all this. And she was like, well, I mean, you're living in this high luxe um, apartment for six grand. Why don't you move out and get a smaller apartment like sell some of your jewelry because you got all this expensive stuff like he had three luxury cars she was like why don't you just spend all you know like downsize and i guess he got offended and there is a point to this story because it ties back into the therapy because we're gonna get to it but let me tell the story y'all hang on we in this now listen so she was like she told she called her friend and she was like oh my god I don't know what's going on she told her friend everything and her friend was like girl let me he ain't got no money he broke so her friend called his apartment complex acting like he was him because he's you know into the real estate so he knew what to say she said the land the lending office told her told her friend he owed six months of back rent because the friend was telling her that you know when the pandemic come and Biden gave that rent release California's got extended to October I don't remember when New York was I don't think Tennessee had it really but I know that we had something in place in Tennessee for you not being able to be evicted or whatever out your thing when you have a home like I do it's a totally different setup um your your mortgage lender will put you in a forbearance because it depends on the loan you can always call and mine is a federally back loan and so my mortgage went into this um forbearance uh, for a time period and i was just making payments as i could they weren't adding any late fees they weren't doing anything because the pandemic hit all of us differently and so you know she was like yeah he six months deep in he owed thirty-six thousand dollars in rent. Five or six months. I was like, 
me sitting there watching her YouTube channel for the video, and I was like, well, damn, this motherfucker owed this much money? But you but you got three luxury cards, and you got a nice-ass apartment for six grand a month, and you got all this jewelry, and you're being able to fly to different things. Like, what the fuck is going on? So she was like, she was, she was like, I don't know what it was. She said, I'm glad that I listened to my intuition, and I laughed because... Um, you know, she's like, she, what she blocked him. She said she needed to hear it for herself. So she made the guy call on three way back to the leasing office. They told them the same thing. And then she, the, the lady was like, so when are you going to make payments? And the guy was like, we'll call you back. We're just trying to figure some things out and try to come up with, you know, whatever, like playing it off and stuff. And like she did say as a disclaimer in her video that, you know, people's finances are their business, and yeah, she, sh you know, you shouldn't go snooping or getting involved in their finances, but she was like, you know, that was a red flag because she was like, damn, what if he was, not, you know, about to tell her, oh, like, hey, I need you to buy me this, or I'm broke, I need you to help me pay this, or whatever, because, you know, narcissistic behavior is, is real, boo. And he could have swindled her out of some money, even though Jesse was listening to her intuition. And it goes back to the therapy, right? Because I use that as an example to segue into this whole black men needing therapy and shit. Because why is it that you're using this persona to get with a woman to take care of her let me tell you something i've been around the block a long time i i am not an innocent woman by any means necessary and i've grown up where i've seen some shit in my 40 something years but i know the saying is that when it comes winter time men will start dating heavily in the winter time because dumb motherfuckers need some place to stay and there are women who are very naive, who is not aware that they're being used. And that's a narcissistic trait that men use, a tactic to get something. They're not about you. They coming in, they might bust it down wide open and break your back and give you some good sex. But then in the overall scheme of things, is the sex really the only thing that you're looking for? Or him showing up and laying on your couch every single day and then he moves in and you're like you ain't had a man in how long and you fucking decide oh my god i ain't had a relationship i ain't had a nigga live with me for so long or i've never had a nigga live with me and you feel like you're better than your friends because they single and they ain't got no man but they smart enough to know that that motherfucker is using you and that's because he got underlying issues he need to go and fucking take care of and I don't feel like men should take the approach of using women, especially black men. Like, why, why do you feel like this sister is not worthy of your true self? Because you don't know your true self. You don't know your true self. And this young lady on TikTok made it a point to address that if you would seek the therapeutic help, and unpack some of the bullshit that you went through then maybe just maybe you can be able to understand who you are as a person so that when you walk in the door to be with a woman you're able to show her the true you and be able to get and receive the love that you're about to give to her because you also are seeing her because she's 
90% come on be realistic 90% of women already work on themselves I think we work on ourselves so damn much that we already know that by the time we do get the man we already we know what we want we know where we stand and we know who we are um, because they've taught us over the years to be the one to work on yourself because we're the we're not the prize and the old sex, um, the old ideology, we're not the prize. I don't care how you feel about what I just said, but the truth of the matter is women are not the prize. They tell us to change ourselves and form ourselves to please a man, whether we are in a job or we are seeking education or um you know seeking love and like fix yourself make sure you wear a little bit of makeup make yourself look presentable bitch i want to be in a sweatpants and a tank top all motherfucking day i could still pull a man if i wanted to that's the reality of it that's how i feel i feel like we've been programmed to change who we are from men but no one has programmed men to fix their shit for us. And when you listen to women talk about dating in the 21st century and modern dating, you realize that a lot of women do not ask this question. Is he somebody that I want to be with? Versus, am I somebody he wants? Like we put so much pressure on ourselves when we seek the attention of men because we don't think like we don't think we're valuable and so when we seek a man we critique ourselves but what what's the reality is you need to sit there and say like am i gonna like this motherfucker do i like if this mother if he come into my house and we sitting on the couch is he gonna take his shoes off or put his shoes on top of my damn coffee table that i done bought from restoration hardware or is he gonna put the damn cup on the table without a coaster on it because he ain't got no damn upbringing and home training like we need to start thinking along the lines of how much value we put on men versus what we put on ourselves and even though this young lady was just saying hey i think you guys could benefit from therapy and i wish more black men would we attacked her and a 90 percent of the women in the um the trad on twitter was like you know saying bad things like one girl said y'all gotta learn that everything isn't for the internet you have the right to freedom of speech however when you're employed by and represent an entity you have to play by the rules then another one was like um so this guy said actively campaigning to have a black female therapist docs and fired from her job over giving sound advice to black men about our lack of emotional intelligence with a bad delivery but then supporting kevin samuel's messages in spite of his bad delivery misogynaire 101 it is true we do it all the time he's like black men being emotionally inept isn't just a detrimental to our lives and mental health but also those of black women and black queer people this is historically and epicurally backed information no man regardless of race or ethnicity should coddle when actual lives are at stake 
he was like i refuse to take black men and women who got triggered by that black female therapist delivery seriously when there are multiple black men with podcasts using dehumanizing language against black women but are still heavily supported you're not being fair just misogynistic and i agree with him 100 percent, i agree with him because at the end of the day right we don't want a black woman to stand up and say what is the real facts of how we're being treated when we um get attacked by black men i remember um girl i hate to say that i this nigga was bait his parents is bajan i don't think he was born in barbados but i think his parents were bajan and he was born in america but girl he's in his relative in association okay and and now you know i'm bajan but let me tell y'all something this podcast had this girl on and he was dogging black women dark-skinned black women talking about oh i don't date bomb black women and the hair and this and the next and third and i'm sitting there like this black motherfucker your mother is a black ass woman from the caribbean okay she ain't white because your ass is dark as dark and here you up on this little podcast mic dogging black women and talking to the little light-skinned girl and being all bubbly and shit and i'm like this shit was going around the internet for the last like months now i think i started seeing it early this year and i was like what the fuck and i never subscribed to these kind of podcasts because i always know that when it in order for a man to make money he got a, a black man to make money um in these fairs they gotta go and dig out a black woman's belly they gotta go and talk bad about black women because they need to make themselves feel like they fitting into the spaces that they want to open the door to and it's sad because dude you don't look like them you don't ascribe to their ideologies but you come off as the house nigga because you want to prove to these people that maybe giving you a bag here and there or talking behind your back after you leave the room because that's what they do um hello uh you sit down and you um you dog a black woman out and i'm gonna tell y'all my my partner is white girl i live in tennessee ain't much and where i live at ain't much ain't much black folks over here um but we don't connect based off on our race we connected based off of the likeness of each other you know what we wanted out of life with a partner and you know but i will never come on my podcast or any of my platforms and be like oh i'm a dog these motherfucking black men or i'm a i'm a tear down a black man or i'm gonna do that i got a black son baby and for me to sit and dog him out or dog the race out is so it's so wrong it's so disrespectful and i just feel like at the end of the day we we gotta know when we um support when we need to ask more questions when we need to talk more about it because the reality of it is that we're not talking about the shit that is not scratching the surface level we need to talk about the shit that's hitting the core and right now the fact that this woman just used her platform to say hey i'm a therapist and i think that black men would benefit from therapy we decided oh you know what cancel this hoe cancel this lady cancel this black woman cancel 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 that's exactly what we did but you want to know something i'm gonna tell you the real truth of shit 
we scream we don't get enough black doctors we don't have enough black therapists we don't have enough black um educators we don't have enough black um you know lawyers or estate planners there's a lot of things bankers black we don't have black wealth in a structured setting with professions because at the end of the day we're constantly pulling people down when they try to elevate i remember i had a conversation and i put it on twitter and i said I wish that mothers would stop, black mothers and fathers would stop telling their children to get a regular job and get some 401k and whatnot instead of a government job at that. Instead of saying to your children, hey, what is it that you're interested in and let me support you and try to find a way for you to get into the circles that you need to get into. We are losing black women at a tremendously high rate when it comes to giving birth because we don't have the right support um and that conversation is going to come up on the next episode of let's talk more we are we don't a lot of our black um health providers are nurses and we want to see doctors we want to see nurse practitioners because 90 percent of the time when you go to the doctor you might see the doctor the first time you visit the office but let me tell you honey every visit you go to after that is probably the practitioner telling you taking your vitals and doing whatever i mean i go to a private doctor so um i get to see her all the time i get to her nurse practitioner i see her only when i go to do my blood work and she's like if you need to talk to the doctor let me know and she'll get her in for five ten minutes or you know but out of that i want to see us tell our children to go off and be doctors be lawyers be educators be principals be deans be people who can can break that generational cycle of us telling our kids you ain't got a good job so you can get some good insurance and some good fucking benefits you get more benefits if you go and do the shit that you really love because now you know okay my daughter wants to be a doctor okay how can i get her through med school how much is it gonna cost for me to go to get her through med school there are some some children who change their mind throughout the course of life and that's great and then there are those who don't change their mind and actually want to be in that profession so if my daughter came to me and said at eight at seven at 15 or 14 ma i want to be a doctor okay cool does your school have a stem program does your school have anything geared towards medical or anything i would seek out that area of training so that my daughter knows what she's getting into and then i'm gonna start stacking the books for it because i'm gonna tell you realistically one of my friends called me and she was like her daughter is about to go to school her daughter got into an hbcu um school and she was proud she's getting ready to go and come to find out that the daughter um, needed $6,000 more to go to school, but the mom had bad credit and she's trying to figure out how can she um, get help and stuff like that. So I, you know, I've been in the education fair for a while. I've always been in school, you know, I'm in my master's program, all this good stuff. And so I told her, I was like, you know, there's so many different scholarships out there that doesn't rec require you to have like these perfect scores. Some people are out there giving away scholarships just for a foundation to um, even just to fulfill that um, 
goodwill that you know that humanitarian side of them and I'm like you know there's stuff out there but if we start early like that junior year knowing that my daughter wants to go to an HBCU and you know the expenses are high I would have been fixing up my credit but I think our mentality doesn't allow us to think that far ahead and it's like with this whole situation and therapy is I'm not saying that you know we all got issues but I feel like sometimes if you had a better circle of people around you who can really educate you on okay you know what prepare for your kids future does not mean oh you know pay for them for a little something like this whatever whatever preparing for your child's future is being able to know that you know what even if I got to get some financial aid that when the financial aid maxes out and they say oh you need an extra three thousand I could come out of pocket and give the extra three thousand so my daughter could continue or my child could continue into um, that I had that happen to me I got accepted to the University of New Haven when I was a teenager and I needed an extra $5,000 and I was going to school for psychology and I went up there I did the tour I got to see my room I got to do all that and by the end of July close to the middle of August I couldn't go to school because my mama didn't have it she didn't have it she ain't had no good credit and we don't you know we don't really realize how we're not showing up for our children or even showing up for ourselves and our identities because of we don't know how to and how can we expect a black man to truly show up if he doesn't know how to and in order for him to show up and show out he has to fix his trauma women aren't the only ones that got fucking trauma we aren't so if this lady's telling you, hey, go seek some therapy, figure out what's your problem, why are you hating? Why, why? Why are we hating on it? Because what? She hit a nerve? She struck a nerve? Okay. I hear you. Well, that's all I have for Let's Talk More on this week's episode. Um, tune in next week for a brand new episode. We are going to talk more about uh, maternal um, health in the black community. And we're going to dig deep into some of the traumas that have escalated from that um, situation and that topic. And kind of bring awareness. I love to do awareness type um things and episodes so I definitely will be bringing that as an awareness episode for this podcast and yeah I I hope you guys enjoyed this week and I can't wait for you to um, hear next week's episode let's talk more this is your girl Sinclair Vaughn I'll see you guys bye you're listening to the let's talk more podcast hosted by me Sinclair Vaughn where we discuss topics people don't go deeper into join me every week and let's talk more